Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken match, chatting meta games, or slinging some spells, casting ale, sipping on blue soup, and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the brainstorms of Sophia, some so scary, so legendary. Queer and ranger scrounge the sylvan libraries, for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus shepherd danced on dinosaurs stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thou and serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Strong cards with the cantrip cartel. The show you're about to hear is a member of the Plains Talkers Podcast Network. To find out more, go to planestalkerspodcast.com. Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. This week is actually, this is a great topic. Yeah. Um, Case in point, we're almost 40 minutes in and we've gone through two decks. Don't worry. Nothing what are we talking about? Nothing in there. Oh, liquid metal coating. Cool. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel. We're proud members of the Planesalkers Podcasting Network. And we're here to talk magic. Matt, how you doing today? Uh, doing pretty good. Got my day off. Yeah. Typical Tuesday. Having a good, day, having a good time at work. <laughs> yep, work's going just fine. Um, <laughs> it's like a million degrees out, so I was yes. very happy to not have to be at work today. Although I'll work the rest of the week. <laughs> my computer currently has a warning for heat wave on it. Yeah, it's. it's we're, we're looking at I think like the high of ninety nine before humidity. Yeah, the heat index is like well over a hundred yep. degrees. So yeah, we've had I, heat warnings for a few days. I stepped outside at like so I got up at. In classic fashion, since I've been trained for the past eight years to wake up early, mm-hmm. woke up at a 4.58 this morning mm-hmm. on my day off. So I got up and I went to take the dog out and I just opened the door and I went, oh my God. Yep. <laughs> like it's it's six o'clock in the morning. The sun's not even up yet. And it's just awful. Last night I was heading home. We had a big storm blow through about 50 miles north of us. Uh, Yeah, we did. So it didn't touch us. But yeah, a lot like there's probably a lot of damage, to a lot of buildings. Unfortunately for them, that sucks. But for me, driving home, it was really pretty watching the lightning. Yeah. And so, because it wasn't, there wasn't a drop of rain. And I got home, and I was gonna tell my wife, "Hey, let's go. Uh, we have a we have a small full size mattress that we throw in the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. Let's throw the mattress in the back of the truck, and we'll watch it." And I stepped out of my truck, and it was like 9:30 and like 87 degrees still, full humidity. And I was yeah. like, "Nope, yep. fuck that. Hard no. <laughs> yeah, hard no. <laughs> yeah, my uh, I don't want to go into too much detail, but my wife's grandma her house was actually damaged in that storm uh we were getting pictures last night of it that blew through like her house they're not in the woods but they have a bunch of trees mm-hmm. it knocked a bunch of them down yep. uh one of them came through the side of the house we were, i mean um, i think i heard like gusts up to like 70 miles an hour yeah, it, hail there they the stuff they had up there the i think she said south of where they were at was over 100 mile an hour like straight line winds yeah, it was rough um it was pretty to the watch, tree though. through the roof like Water was coming in the. Everybody's it, okay. Hopefully. Yeah, everybody's fine. Good, but their houses got a lot of damage. That's uh, that's very unfortunate. So, obviously, I'm glad everyone's okay. Very real storm. 
But yeah, I uh, I enjoyed watching the lightning on the way home. Yeah, and then was like, I'm not being outside in this any longer than I have to. No, no, I was. We were. I think you and I were both out. Uh, plenty. We got plenty of heat yesterday. Yeah. Well, so. that's, today uh, we're recording quite a bit earlier than normal. I went to work like two hours early because we got the way our company works. They sort packages in the morning, and when it gets done, it gets done. But I got a tip off. It was gonna be done early. So I went in super early and I like I actually stopped and bought an energy drink thing. There's a that nutrition shop mm-hmm. over by one of the apartment complexes. I walked in and I was like, it's gonna be hot and I need to hurry. Make something for that. Yeah. And she gave me something that like wired me up and I was done like an like two hours later. Yeah. They uh those kind of things work really well if you don't drink them all the time. Yes. And that's as a sparing like <laughs> kick in the pants. Yeah, like if you have one once a month on a bad day, mm-hmm. you can really like take a yeah, it a was a mediocre day and make it good. I mean, it was like twelve o'clock, so we're getting to the heat of the day. Didn't feel hot. Yeah, it's 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 at least like ninety five degrees outside. Didn't feel hot. I'm running. I'm running full full speed, jacked up. I'll tell you, yesterday would have kicked my butt had I not been working out. I've been working out for the past like two or three months now, yep. and I'm just sitting there going, I am really glad I started at <laughs> <Yeah>. the gym. <laughs> <laughs> you never you you never expect those to pay dividends that like that pays dividends but when like that's one of those like better to have and not need than need mm-hmm. and not have because when you need to like be in shape oh it's a game changer when you're kind yeah. of in shape yep when you're just remote like just not unhealthy yes it's like yeah, it's just infinitely better when garbage. life gets I hard eat, I eat plenty of garbage I should you know, I eat way more fast food than I should yada yada but I'm relatively active and I do eat a decent amount of good food. And so, yeah, when we have bad days or heavy days, I'm like, I can get through this. I'm okay. Yeah. So um, over the weekend, we had uh, the co-host of Family Gathering down. Mm-hmm. We had Derek down. We had Derek from Family Gathering. He came down. We played a few games of EDH. Uh, we recorded an episode yep. for his podcast. So definitely check that out at familygathering.com. Mm-hmm. Check them out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. They're there. Yep, they're pretty much everywhere we are. Um, but yeah, we just hung out, played a game, couple games of EDH. Uh, I think I won two and you won yeah, w- poor, the other one. Poor Derek didn't get to bring one yep, home. Didn't get to bring one home, but that's all right. Uh, he played well, and uh, all three of the games were very close. Yes, every, like, every one of them was like, a, if you don't win this turn, I win next turn right, easily. And, and with both of us. Yeah. like well, All like, three players were... And I'm not trying to like diminish your win, but uh, you won with Xenagos, and you literally only won because your Atalia took my flyer. Right. You caught you caught a flyer off the top of yeah, my the, deck. Yeah, the, that Atalia would. That card is so fun to play in it that is. deck because it's just like I'm just gonna cast random stuff from the uh-huh. top, and it's beaten face. Like I that deck to me is it's probably my most fun deck to play because mm-hmm. like it's not just big creatures. They usually do something wacky as yep. well, well, and. That's my Ilharg. Ilharg yeah. is just ETB tribal, and it's just it's just big red creatures that cost like six to ten, and just enter the battlefield and do stupid stuff. Yeah, and that's a lot of fun. It's just fun to. It's not a very good deck. It folds to like literally one or two pieces of removal. Yeah, if you can kill Il- Ilharg a couple times, yep. you're usually pretty good. Yeah, if I just if I were just counter Xenagos or Swordser twice, like the deck's not very good. Yeah, but Swordsing her twice is difficult. It is because she's yeah. rarely online as a creature. Yeah, yeah, she does have good. She has extra protection. Keep telling you guys, erase. It's the hidden tech. Yeah, it's okay. exile target enchantment. One way. You told me <laughs> on Sat on Sunday that you appreciate that I don't just counter your decks. Yep, I so do. You never gonna you never gonna talk about the gift I got you on Sunday. Oh, on top of that. So while we're, it was uh, Saturday, wasn't it? It was Saturday because yeah. I had to work the next day. This, this so, all happened Saturday. Sorry. Uh, anybody who's been listening for a while probably knows by this point that I'm kind of big into retro games. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've got my basement. Like, I've got every decent retro game for my PlayStation 4 just so I can play them easily. Then I still have 
a Super Nintendo, a, a 64 GameCube, yeah. uh, a Wii U, but uh, all the most of the old basically consoles. every old major console, PlayStation, and I've got them hooked up to a. I've got a CRT TV in the basement, and then another one that has like, uh, it's like a 1080p for like the Xbox and the GameCube yep. and stuff like that. But Jake actually picked up a another CRT TV for me at a mm-hmm. garage sale and brought it over. My so, wife is, uh, she's very antsy, and so she wants to do stuff. She has a hard time making plans though, and th- so it's the worst combination of like, I'm totally cool to chill on the weekends, especially because I work outside. Yeah. So like, I'm ready to sit inside the AC, and she will just get antsy and get especially like saturday evening into sunday she's like i want to go do something let's go do something a little bit of cabin fever what do you want to do i don't know well but we could i don't really know i don't have any ideas and it's like well i don't really want to so i've seen that there was um one of those neighborhood wide garage sales in one of the neighborhoods i deliver in for like a month they've had one plan so Mm -hmm. i was like saturday we're getting up a decent time and we're going garage sailing we're gonna go get some money we probably shouldn't spend and just go look at junk and while driving around, I found a nice, uh, I shouldn't say nice, but I found a radio saw that I get to use. I'm really excited. It's a nice tool to add. It's like a, uh, if anyone's ever seen a chop saw, which is the one that you just like grab and like it, it's a big circular saw that comes down and cuts a piece of wood in yep. half. Well, these are the ones that like you can pull it to you. Gotcha. And so like it, it's uh, it's on like a level plane and you like butt, you turn it on and you pull it across the board to you. So you can cut like woods that wood that's like a foot and a half, two foot wide, mm-hmm. which is a really nice tool to have for cheap. And I found a nice shop back because my shop back died, and those are really nice tools to have. Just yeah. a just a super tough vacuum, especially if you get it like relatively cheap. Yes, like a shop vac's not hard to find. No, but they're but... just they're kind of expensive. They're a really yeah. good tool. Um, unless it, for your shop, you don't want to have a vacuum, but yeah. it's nice having a nice tough vacuum. And uh, we were driving around, and I saw a just a dusty, crappy television with a big old free piece of paper on it. And I went by and I was like, hey, text Matt, see if he'd want an old crappy CRT TV. And I think the response was like, yes, please. Yep. Like exclamation mark. So we whipped around. We went and talked to her. And she was all like, she was actually kind of sad because I guess it was the TV like that she and her girlfriend went to college with. And they got him through college. And I was like, well, don't worry. My buddy loves playing old video games. He will take very good care of yeah, it. Yeah, so cleaned it up. It got cleaned that day. The yep. remote, Even the remote works. Yeah, the remote works. Just but had to change the batteries. It was kind of cool. Yeah, we, we, we had some good finds that day. Yeah, it was a good, uh, good little gift. Um, the other I need thing to I get should... something to put the TV. I need to get something to put that TV on. I don't have a third TV stand. Don't worry. I'll go garage selling soon. Yeah. <laughs> if <laughs> My... you could find me some more furniture, Jake, I'd appreciate it. My wife did send me a picture of a Facebook post talking about where all the local face, all the local garage sales are gathered. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I've created a monster. Yep. <laughs> that's going to be our thing now. Well, I mean, that's not a bad thing to have, especially if you're not. Uh, there's a couple different ways you can look at it. You can look at it as you're just having fun, and mm-hmm. occasionally you're going to find something you may want or need for cheap. Yep. The other way you could look at it is you could actually make a hobby out of it. And there's uh, quite oh, a few people that do like garage sale flipping. Yeah, just buy and sell. That's, buy and sell stuff. I mean, that's I got my. That's where I got my 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 shop back. That's literally like he's a. It was a gentleman or a family that you can just tell they they hit auctions, they hit garage sales, they 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 <clears throat> allo- they relocate and resell. Yeah. Which I just like. I genuinely like the idea of like breathing life into into stuff again i like yeah. seeing stuff and being like this was trash or it's not going to be used or and i get to give it a new life and get to make more use out of it and that whole like reduce reuse recycle thing yeah absolutely i, like I uh i was very happy i've got my i got my other crt tv from another friend of mine whose uh parents just had it in their basement and it's, like those tvs are at the point where like because i was talking to you about it they are valuable in that 
if you want one for your old NES, they're expensive. Yeah. But everyone that has one looks at it and goes, nobody wants this fucking thing. Yeah. Which so, I guarantee well, is what that, like the husband or wife said. And exactly, they most people do probably exactly what I did, is they got their first HDTV, turned it on, started playing a game or watching a movie on it, and immediately threw away their CRT TV. Because uh-huh. they're like, well, this thing's trash. Yeah. This is <laughs> infinitely better and will always be. Right. Except for old games, it's not infinitely better. Yeah. I actually, for the first time, uh, there's a tech channel I watch, and they were talking about uh, like a ye olde like $3,000 monitor, mm-hmm. back in the ye olde monitor, and how it was still way better than a lot of modern monitors for old games. And they yeah. just show, they showed the side-by-side of like OG Castlevania on a, a CRT screen versus an HD screen. And I was like, and me, I was like, I get it now. Yep. So when you go dig up your old game that you found or your old NES or whatever and you buy all the adapters to plug in your television and you're like this looks worse than I thought it actually might be the TV there's there's some nostalgia there because when you're a kid playing Mario for the first time you know you don't Mm -hmm. know any better you're six it's 1980 or 1991 yeah that's basically when I played I was I yeah, think like, I played yeah, Mario in like kindergarten. Some, some rose-colored glasses, but it also it it legitimately does yeah, look worse. It, it looks a lot worse the, on those, an HD TV. The sprites were very intentionally drawn to be fuzzy, and like it makes all it makes colors blend together, and it yeah. makes them look so much better. As opposed to seeing like each individual each individual pixel yeah. and like well, this, like this one, it like there, there was I think it was Alucard from Castle was it Castlevania have Alucard? Yeah, Alucard. Yeah. yeah. I think it was Alucard, but it was, it was Castlevania for sure. But it showed, like, in the original CRT, like, his eyes have this, like, really cool, like, reddish halo around them. Mm-hmm. Like, they look, like, reddened. And then on, on an HGTV, they just have a red pixel. Yeah. And it looks dumb. Yep. But, it, like, on a CRT TV, it looks, like, menacing and scary. Yeah. So, and then, I mean, the flip side is you compare it to modern retro games. So, like, if you're playing something like Super Meat Boy oh, or, yeah. like, Stardew Valley, games. something that's made yeah. with current technology and made to be displayed on an HDTV, those games look great yep. because they're made with that in mind. Mm-hmm. But if, So, you can look at something like Stardew Valley, which on my nice, I have a very nice TV in my basement. That game looks fantastic on that TV. Mm-hmm. You pop in uh, Ninja Turtles from NES and it looks like horrible poo poo yeah and they well the funny thing is a lot of these games they'll come in bundles and they'll come with a they'll come with an old tv it they get called something different every time but it's something uh it's like a filter they put over it to make it look like it's played on an old tv uh-huh. um a lot of there's a lot of adapters you can get that yeah. well, there, try to mimic that effect there's a lot of money spent by companies each year to try and like recreate a crtv look without making crtvs yeah because they're incredibly difficult and incredibly expensive to make these huge vacuum and, chambers. Yeah, and they're big. I mean, they're hard to ship. That's the yep. biggest thing. Like the TV weighs, the one you got me probably weighs 30 or 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. It's that, not huge, but when you're talking about shipping. Yep. That that would probably, that, that'd probably be one of those things, like if I did start garage selling, I keep an app for stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff that's like very unique and very difficult to find, I'd pick that up in store, clean up in store and be willing to resell. Well, what you need to do is keep looking and then we'll just slowly upgrade the one I have. So like you find a bigger, better one, I get that one and then you can sell my old one. <laughs> So the first free TV wasn't good enough. I need to keep finding you better free TVs, and then I can make money off of the old crappier so, TVs. A, I'm going to quote you. <laughs> if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask you for some milk. <laughs> yep, sure is. <laughs> and B, neither one of the ones I have are crappy. So, but in in this example, they would be they compared would be to the new good, <laughs> the new one I'm giving you yes. instead of selling you need for to, profit. I need you to spend your week on weekends upgrading my TV. Well, I will get right on that. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I'm looking for new TVs for you, 
I also will be shouting out our patrons. So we have, uh, we did get a new patron this week, and he did not give me a name. Uh, let me pull up. I'll just talk. About, I'll just say his Patreon name because I do want to give him credit. But we do have Derek and Joe yep. with the Family Gathering podcast. So every week I tell everyone like check out the Family Gathering podcast because they're awesome. Especially check out going forward. We've got a special episode that's just uh, me. Matt and Derek, where we yeah. just kind of talked about like some arena stuff, some reprint stuff, just like some magic chit chat. It was really kind of a really fun, like just sit down and talk. Yeah. We also have Ramblin' Rogue and Emperor. Ramblin' Rogue got hit pretty hard last week. Uh, we didn't talk about it very much, but like uh, I- I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's it's Rogue. He's he's a Winota boy. Oh, yep. Winota. Like t- like Tatio was my girl. Tati with a body is my favorite commander deck, bar none. Favorite card. I have the art on my wall thanks to my best friend who got it for me for my wedding. Yep. That's his Winota. He has a framed Winota. He loves it. So that was kind of rough. And then Empra, who if you watch Reddit, he's the one who actually does a really good job of getting our episodes up on Reddit every week and giving some really cool commentary on our modern stuff. He's actually getting a lot more knowledgeable about Legacy in our private Discord, but he's very knowledgeable about modern. So that's Emperor. We really appreciate all the work he does. And then we've got, um, I'm just going to say his first name, Eric, joined our, po- uh, joined our Patreon recently. And so we're really happy to have him come on. I th- I think I sent him an email and I don't know if he got it. I'm gonna send another email to try and get him on the Discord. Maybe they don't want to be on it, but nope. either way, I want to make sure they're invited. But thank you to all of our patrons. Also, thank you to Will and Aramis who helped us get this whole thing going. So every week, I say you should check them out at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on Monday and Wednesday. They have their Twitch.tv forward slash Planestalkers podcast, where you can catch on Monday a standard-oriented podcast, and on Wednesday, live play Commandercraft. Their Monday show is also a podcast, much like ours, that you can find pretty much everywhere our podcast is available. And if you go to discord.plainsuckerspodcast.com, you can chit-chat with us, chit-chat with them, join a great community, and join in on those Commander games on Wednesdays. Alrighty, Matt. So we got all that out of the way. We're 20 minutes into our episode. How's Legacy looking? Uh, Legacy on Sunday doesn't look too bad. Um, I do want to bring up the Saturday just real quick, because uh, I'm sure we'll hear about it. Uh the Saturday challenge is going to take me. I should have had this pulled up. Sunday looked good. We'll obviously go over that. Mm-hmm. Saturday, 25% of the meta was Blue Red Delver, with Blue Red Delver taking second, third in the top eight. That's really so interesting. The Blue Red meta or Delver menace is not completely out. Well, in past months, when it was bad, well, it's been bad for years, but it was bad. It used to be that Saturday was the good day to go because there was less Delver. It, yeah. it, Saturday felt more like the for funsies day. And then Sunday was the for realsies day where Delver showed up. Yeah. Which I guess all that could be what it is where so Saturday was always the for funsies days and now Delver's tired of getting shit on on Sundays because they've moved to Saturday. Now they moved to Saturday because Sundays have been a lot less I mean last week was bad, but they have been less good for Delver. Yeah. I'm guessing just because we have such an intense amount of counter programming for Delver. Yeah. Well, when I we were talking about 20 to 25% yeah. of the meta, like every deck in the meta is at least built with beating Delver in yep. mind. Again, we're getting really close to that four main board Pyroblast. Yeah. So um, while this Sunday looks good, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to, we like I said, we call balls and strikes here. Sunday looks great, actually. Uh, just a little ahead of time. Other is the biggest category with yeah. 10%, and then Delver has four of the top 
uh, 32, so perfectly reasonable there. MTG Goldfish <laughs> is getting gradually worse and worse at yeah. being able to like categorize decks at a glance. Yeah, basically, if it doesn't fall into like a prescribed like meta what? deck, then it doesn't yeah, know what like, to do those, with it. The metrics are getting narrower and narrower, and I'm guessing it, it just must be like the computer must not be good at recognizing like Nuka Pena cards or Kamigawa cards, yeah. and it's it's pulling these decks out of like what is clearly a I mean literally black depths is now salty depths. It's like yeah. what? So. Uh, we've got Nerd Knee Reap. Am I reading that right? That looks like that me. Yeah, like, yep. like Nerd, Nerd Knee Reap. Yep. Uh, bringing it home with, uh, this is called Blood Moon Aggro, but it's yours, not quite standard, but pretty standard uh, mono red prison deck. Let's see. It looks pretty, it looks very similar in the artifacts and a handful of the creatures. So we've got the four goblins. That the four three mana goblins that we like to see, you do have your chalices and your trinospheres and yeah. some ramp to get them out. But and you, blood moon. And blood moon. Yeah. You but you do get some more uh, off standard staxy pieces. So you have things like the biggest one is tangle wire. Tangle wire. Tangle yeah. wire is one of those cards that has not seen regular play in a long time. Yeah. It's all a decent amount of play. I think it was back in the Urza's block, if I'm remembering correctly. There were like. If, if I remember correctly, the actual Stacks deck used Tanglewire. Yes, Tanglewire used to um, be a Stacks staple. And I've actually used it to great effect in a couple EDH decks. Mm -hmm. uh, when it's you a can good card. Basically blink it every turn so it always has Fading 4. Yeah. And so, well, for reference, it's a three-mana artifact that has Fading 4, which is a long-since outdated mechanic. But it basically comes in with four counters on it, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you remove a counter. And then it has the ability of, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, uh, that player taps an untapped artifact, creature, or land they control for each fade counter on Tanglewire. Yep. So the reason you get to abuse this is, one, you'll play it. It comes in with four. So all of your opponents are immediately having to tap four permanents. Then on your turn, you get to remove a counter, then tap three, one of which can be Tanglewire. Yeah. So you're actually getting, you're, you're kind of getting two extra permanents over your opponents. Yep. And one of the things to keep in mind is you stack the triggers... So that you remove a counter and then you tap your stuff. Yes. So you are always tapping less than they are. Yes, I have made that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to tap your stuff and then take a counter off. I have done that. <laughs> but yeah, it is a relatively abusable card, even if you can't flicker it, because it can just buy you a couple turns. Yeah. And if you can flicker it, obviously it's incredible. <clears throat> now, the 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 creature uh, suite is actually a quite a bit different as well than we've seen. The four Fury pickup is relatively straightforward. I think Fury is a bit underplayed in the current uh, meta with how one how free it is and two how much there is to hit yeah that's very very rarely is it card disadvantage you're one for one there sometimes even going up if you can hit like three three drops yeah and on three, top sorry, of that three one powers this toughnesses. deck in particular is very well suited to just cast it like mm -hmm. i mean in this deck it's designed to be cast most of your lands tap for two mm-hmm so, I mean, with three lands, you can drop this thing. Yep, very doable. Well, yeah. I guess technically you'd you'd probably need, like, because it's double red, so you'd need, like, a chrome mox or something like that. Yeah, but but the deck is designed to be casting this you're early. You're almost never keeping a hand that doesn't have acceleration of some kind because yeah. you need turn one chalice or turn one trinosphere or turn one tangle wire. Yeah, or, I mean, Blood Moon does, not that you'd want to be doing this, but Blood Moon does turn your ancient tombs and your city of traitors into red. Into red. Yep. And we got this Fireflux Squad. This is a card I haven't seen before. What does that do? So it's a four mana, four three with haste. Uh, when it attacks, you may exile another target attacking creature you control. If you do, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. 
put that card onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking, and the rest on the bottom of your library in, in, in random order. Why would I want to take the cards, like these creatures I had to cast, and replace them with random creatures out of my deck? Well, other than Simeon Spirit, Simeon Spirit Guide, all these are very good uh, cards to be attacking with. Yep. Uh, it's going to generate, obviously, a ton of card advantage. It's going to come down on turn two, pretty, again, pretty solidly. Mm -hmm. um, well, it also, as I was going to, is it curves out really well with a Legion War Boss yeah. into Fire Flux. Oh and yeah. So Legion War Boss gives you that one-one token mm -hmm. that you can then just trade away for li literally any creature in your deck is better than a one-one Goblin. That's that's really cool tech, and I mean, a legit two of isn't like a one of for funsies. Yeah. Two of is a real plan to go, yeah. You know, turn one chalice, turn two legion war boss, turn three fire flux squad, and then just start flipping through your deck, hitting mm -hmm. a fury, hitting a goblin rabble master, hitting a bone crusher. That's really that's a really cool interaction that I never thought of. And uh, just to back up your point, you also have the token from Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Mm -hmm. uh, again, these things we're talking about corner cases here, but you've got Den of the Bugbear. You could turn. Uh, yep. It's another rabble master, so it's yep. making more tokens. Sokazan also makes yep. tokens. And you've got Sokazan. You could make a couple tokens, swing with that guy, yeah. and go on. The deck is really good at making a lot of expendable creatures that are upgrades to literally anything. Yeah. The, the, it's also, this deck has gotten just slowly more and more aggressive. Because, mm -hmm. like, for a while it kind of, it had a, like, rabble master and stuff like that, the creatures were kind of mediocre. It's gotten to the point where, like, this deck is full of a bunch of very good creatures. Yep. Like, almost every threat you're hitting, other again, other than Simeon Spirit Guide, if you just pull it on turn four and you just yeah. have, you know, it's just a bad, a horrible dark ritual at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, uh, the Den of the Bugbear, uh, the Crucible of the Defiance, of Defiance, that kind of stuff, like, it's just getting more and more consistent with being able to slam a disruption piece and then have a threat yep. to back it up well I, the deck for recent history always had that really good turn one disruption piece because there's yeah. enough of them yeah the problem was always finishing the game mm -hmm. because you had like i mean these i remember you don't usually have um four simeon and then eight goblins and then maybe some other bad creatures but yeah, like sometimes they'd be running a couple like chandras yeah like stuff the, like that the creature street was never this wide and there wasn't good enough creatures to run and this deck has gotten a lot of really powerful creatures to pick up so that yeah, the, the early game disruption is relatively consistent and easy. And now we have good mid to late game finishers. And that's what the deck was probably missing out on because the format has just gotten so fast. There's so many bombs. It doesn't matter if you slow a deck down for a couple turns through a Trinisphere to a Chalice. They go over top. They will go over the top. And yeah. they might go over the top by casting one or two spells. Yep. And it, I imagine this deck also is now pretty consistently getting just brutal aggressive opening hands mm -hmm. where you're like i don't even need a chalice i've got unless they do something drastic i'm just going to kill them on yeah. turn three I, you're going to steamroll them so quickly right now you may be down to like four or eight life by the time you do that if you're tapping an ancient mm -hmm. tomb every turn but but it's not, not zero yeah it's not zero so uh worth yeah. mentioning we do have this is an unusual but again full four fable the mirror breaker yep another good three drop that card's an all-star that card's an all-star in every format yep and then nothing really interesting in the sideboard, I don't think. Yep, just more hate pieces, so mm -hmm. you can go really hard on the ones that matter. So you can bring in another three Magus of the Moon if you're playing against mm -hmm. decks where that's good. Trinisphere is against the Cantrip kind of decks, or Trinisphere is very good against Elves. I freaking hate that card. Yep. Elves are a lot worse when they yep. all cost three. <laughs> as a as a, as a a Cantrip player, I agree with you. I hate Trinisphere. Yeah. So, uh, and Tanglewire, the other advantage you do get is not only is it going to be tapping down... 
tapping down their blockers, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Like you could get like a tangle wire and a couple of these, like like a rabble master or something like that. You can tap your tokens as opposed to your rabble master. Mm, yep. So you're like you're freeing up your lands. You tap the tangle wire, a couple one ones, and then you're swinging. You're still able to deploy more threats and swing with your rabble masters and stuff yeah. like that. Like uh, so, last week I threw Watsies from Shade about like what's an aggro deck and legacy. In fairness, this is an aggro deck and yeah. legacy. And yep. this is this is also resource denial because you yeah. have things like ministry and whatnot. But like this is, in my opinion, this is about as aggro as we get. Yeah. Between this and I mean, blue red Delver is basically the yeah, only De- other. Yeah, Delver's yeah. the obvious. It's the obvious deck. one, but it's aggro tempo and control. And well, and that's the thing is like you've got a couple what you could call aggro decks, but they're never in legacy. It's never good enough to just run something. I shouldn't say never because it used to be a thing, but like zoo just isn't a thing anymore. Mm-mm. Just running creatures that are just efficient yeah. just isn't good enough yep. because like not only have has every other card type become more efficient the top end of stuff is just huge yep. now you have to be able to generate like value you yeah. have to be able to attack your opponent's game plan i mean case in point this used to be like stick a trinosphere then stick a goblin rabble master and the game's almost over yeah like cuz that that goblin rabble master will just accrue so much value you'll never get ahead of it that is not the case anymore no not at all there are so many cards that just completely trump rabble master by a lot yep yeah if you can't finish i mean the big one the the most obvious one i can think of and this is it's kind of a weird thing to say but like say you chalice for one against delver they throw away a couple cantrips and then just pay two for a Merktide region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, worst case scenario. <laughs> like, That's worst case scenario. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just it's very hard to overcome the the intense quality of these threats that have come out lately. But blue reds are uh, uh red prisons doing it. Yep. So glad to see it. Glad to see they won. So um, in second place. I'll let you talk about it still, but I want to. I don't know if this is the, the list, but a popular content creator, Thraben University, Phil Gallagher, put up a post, I want to say like a month ago, where he achieved a 5-0 with, with the namesake of this deck. Yep. And so I want, that's got to be where this has come from. Yeah, so this is basically a red control deck. Mm-hmm. Featuring one very prominent card in yeah. the spell slot. Uh, Jockle Hops. Yes. Yeah, so I actually got, uh, uh, first thing, we'll just say it, Jockle Hops is six mana, four uh, colorless and two red. Bury all artifacts, creatures, and lands. What does bury mean? Uh, destroyed and it can't be regenerated. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Although bury doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, I actually got a concede out of an EDH game when I cast this spell. I had double used Ugin, like his ultimate. I double ultimate with him and then cast Yakko Hops. And he's like, the dude was like, well, I'm just not playing. If we're casting those kind of spells, I'm just not playing this. I'm like, it's not like I cast this on turn six to yeah. just bog down the game. I yeah. double ultimated. Uh-huh. I cast this then double ultimated with yeah. it. <laughs> I have flooded the board with yeah. presumably a handful of permanents I'm going to get yeah. to keep. I gained 14 life, drew 14 cards, and put 14 permanents on the battlefield. Yeah. Like, but I love that's that. just how salty how, EDH players can how get. How dare you pay six mana to destroy all lands? Right. Including your own. Yeah. So it was just funny. That's funny. Um, but this is, yeah, this is just basically a solid red control deck. Yep. Uh, we've got Simeon Spirit Guide, uh, which we'll just bounce down to artifacts to say why we have the Spirit Guide, because in a control deck, you wouldn't typically speaking run this yep. kind of acceleration. But very similar to our Red Prison deck. Yep. We've got uh, Chalice of the Void and Snaring Bridge and Trinosphere, and uh, we've got Blood Sun instead of Blood Moon mm-hmm. in the main. But like, again, we're trying to accelerate out a disruption piece to like slow the game down. Mm-hmm. And then what we're going to do is take over the game with Planeswalkers. Yep. Uh, the first one being Chandra, which we just talked about. Uh, which one, Matt? There's seven. <laughs> yeah, there's like 14 Chandras. 
uh, Chandra Torch of Defiance. It's four mana for four loyalty. Uh, it's basically the red Jace. Yes. Um, so you can plus one to exile the top, play it, or they lose two life. Yeah. Plus one to make, make a couple red. Minus three to deal four damage to a creature. And uh, minus then the ultimate, you get an emblem where whenever you cast a spell, it does five damage to anything. Yeah. So we've got that. We've got Karn the Great Creator, which is the null rod on a stick, which we talked about before. Also gives us a wishboard in the side. Yep. Which they've very much used. We got the Mycosynth Lattice in the side. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of your a little bit of an A B combo there. Mm-hmm. To not necessarily win the game, but to make put them in an unwinnable state. Yep. You and still have to most players will concede, but when money's on the line and you have a clock, yeah. you're not gonna get that concession all the time. Yep. But it's one of those things, like you said, there will be games where like it's just like we're in a top deck war. I have plenty of mana. You can just slam it, and you yep. know that 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 that'll put away a game that we're we're in a we're we're just seeing we're ripping cards at the top to see who wins. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Chandra Heart of Fire, uh, five mana for a five loyalty planeswalker plus one. Discard your hand, then exile the top three cards of your library until end of turn. You may play those play cards exiled this way. That's solid. At, that's very solid at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Discard one, draw three effectively. Yep. Uh, plus one deals two damage to any target. So you got a little shock on there. And then minus nine, search your grave, graveyard and library for any number of red instants or sorcery cards. Exile them, shuffle your library. You may cast them this turn, add six red. Yep. So there's your jackal hops. So to talk about how powerful that that first ability is, that is on another card that sees play in a lot of decks, including some in Legacy. Um, what's that bull card with escape? I can't remember what it's called, but there's a. it's like a five-mana bull. It's like a 2-3, but it has um, escape for red-red. But whenever it ETBs, yeah. you discard your hand and draw three. I, rem- I remember what you're talking about. I can't think of the name. Yeah, I can't picture but it. But we have plenty of listeners. Somebody <laughs> will, will know. Tell us. Yep. Uh, it, was a, it, was, it was a standard all-star yeah. during, uh, the, during the Uro meta. But yeah, that ability is very powerful on that creature, and Jackal Hops just lets you – or this is a creature – this is a, a permanent that doesn't get hit by Jackal Hops. Yeah. Which is the goal of this is obviously you're going to have some artifacts in there that will get hit by jackal hops. Yep. But by the time you're casting jackal jackal hops, your chalice of the void doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. Typically speaking. Yep. And um, like yeah, you know, as long as I keep more than you, we're going to be fine. Yeah. So uh, we've got punishing fire and grove of the burn willows to control the board that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the other thing I was going to say about Chandra is like. Again, she costs five, but in this deck, we've got the four full ancient tombs and city of the traders. Yep. And you're you're push you're trying to push the game long. Yes. This game does not this deck does not finish the game quickly. No, but she can come down early, and against just about anything except Merktide, protect herself pretty well. Mm-hmm. Well, Merktide maybe like Kappa Cannoneer, yeah. but where she can come down, she's got five loyalty. She almost immediately goes up to six, and she probably kills a, most yep. threats. Yeah, uh, two two damage kills a lot of things. The torture defiant four damage kills most things. Yeah. Yep. So the sh- the planeswalkers are very good at protecting themselves. Um, um, this is some small hidden tech, but the uh, blood sun, which is a, it is three mana, so it can't say it's underplayed, but it's an underappreciated uh, enchantment, making lands lose abilities except mana abilities. So one fetch lands don't do anything. Yep. But also you get to keep your city of traders, mm-hmm. and I believe you don't pay any life for ancient tomb. Fair enough, because it loses that ability. I think it loses. Is that to, part of the whole ability, or it's, does got, a, it's got a period? Yeah, I that'd be something I'd want to check on. That's something that that's fair. That that's one it, quest- it might. Keep I know that. for sure City yeah, of Traders loses sure. the and that's the, the important one. Yeah. You for sure get to keep your City of Traders, which is cool. Um, and it's well, it's the same thing too, because like if it again, someone fact check us on this, I guess for lack of a better word. But if ancient if ancient tomb loses the damage, then the only thing I'd be concerned about would be does your Grove of the Burn Willows lose the opponent's gain life? 
because then you wouldn't get your uh, punishing fire. It back. would be they yeah because there's also a period there, so actually it could be yeah. Um, that could be this. Uh, uh, but I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, but I I don't I don't know for yeah. sure. Well, I haven't actually used blood sign blood sun before. Yeah, well, I will, we'll, we'll, I'll concede those may not work, but it for sure works with City of Traders, and it for sure works and with Fetchlands. The City of Traders is the biggest one, That's as far as one. like and Fetchlands. Yeah, well, I mean, as far as the interaction with your own deck goes, mm-hmm. like Blood Sun is very clearly in there because you want to keep your City of Traders. Yes, like this is like it's I think not, it's, a, it's a good stacks piece too. It if is, you can ramp it out, but it, well, I'm, what I'm saying is like it's that is a very important. Synergy. Synergy that's in this probably, deck. That's the deciding factor between Blood Sun and Blood Moon. Yeah, this is, deck is not going to go... It's not trying to just accelerate out a Chalice and then a Rabble Master. Like, it wants the game to go long, so it really wants to keep those lands. Mm-hmm. At least until it blows them up themselves. Yeah, until, <laughs> until they're all gone. And it cantrips, which is huge. Yes, yeah, it's a big one, too. Um, like I said, we've got the uh, Wishboard in the side, so you got Mycosynth Lattice. Uh, another Chandra. I saw that six. The 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 classic six man uncounterable Chandra. Yeah. Um, Fury, Leyline of the Void, which seems to be very popular in sideboards these days. Although it has been historically as well. It's just a very common card. Yep. Fiery Confluence, which the other Red Prison deck had, and more ensnaring bridges, so it can find one. Uh, Sorcerer Spyglass, uh, Liquid Metal Coating, Pyroblast, Tormod's Crypt, and Great Furnace. Yeah. This so. is a cool list. This is something we haven't seen ever, and I'm, it has existed in the. In the world of challenges, or uh, probably challenges as well, but in leagues, but I've never seen it do anything rem- uh, notable in a challenge. Yeah, this is like I said, this this week is actually this is a great top eight. Yeah. Um, okay, case in point, we're almost forty minutes in, and we've gone through two decks. Yeah. So we've got eight cast coming in third. Uh, just gonna go over it quickly because there's some more spice I want to talk about. Well, the cool thing is, this is a standard deck. Yeah. <laughs> we finally found a normal one. Yeah. This one's pretty. I'm just going through it. This doesn't look like there's anything really Matt, new or exciting here. This isn't eight cast. It's six cast. Oh, Same well, as last sorry. week. That's what we did last week. It's, gotcha. it, it's also six cast. Yeah. Well, the deck is called eight casts, and you get to run anywhere between one and eight. <laughs> as long casts. as you run one to eight, you get yes. to be eight cast. If you, <laughs> we're gonna start calling them one cast. With, one. Yep. It's got one thought monitor. So I want all of them to be added. I want to be able to say I have Jeskai cast. But if I run one thought monitor. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, just looking at the sideboard and stuff, it doesn't look like this has anything new Mm-mm. or exciting in it. This looks pretty standard. Yeah, pretty standard eight cast list. I found my Shadow Spear, which I was pretty happy about. Yeah, those have gone up quite a bit. I um, went through. I took apart an old EDH deck I built for like one or two days, and I was like going through the cards, and I was like, oh, there's thirty bucks, there's forty bucks, oh, there's three fetch lands. Yep. <laughs> just found a just <laughs> stack of cards. Yeah, I just found like three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars just sitting there. That happened on Saturday. I opened up my deck box. So yeah, we need to talk about that, Jake. <laughs> uh, apparently, Jake has allowed himself to have a force of will and a force of negation unsleeved. It was sitting, in a. It was in a deck in box. A deck box. <laughs> in a nice. It was a compact deck box. It was full of cards. <laughs> oh. I had to for a tournament or for a game. I had to pull them out because they don't play that. They play more casually than that. And yeah. I didn't have any extra penny sleeves, <laughs> or sleeves. <laughs> And then forgot that I'd put them in there, yep. so I pulled open my Tatiova deck, which is my like foiled out like two thousand dollar, three thousand yeah. dollar EDH deck. And Matt's like, "Do you have two hundred dollars in cards <laughs> just sitting in your deck box, unsleeved?" <laughs> and that was that was like one of the first times where I was like, "Man, I really treat these as casual game pieces." Yes, yeah. a little more casual. I mean, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, so we. Uh... Gave Jake shit Matt, for the rest of the night. Matt graciously gave me some penny sleeves, so, <laughs> yeah. and I put them back in actually dragon shields. But 
Yeah. Well, that was, and then we were playing, I was playing a different deck, and I remember being like, I drew my tropical island, and I was like, huh, I just drew 800 bucks. Yep. Flick, 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 flick. <laughs> it's like, man, I just, these are, not, I, I should change my perspective, but it's like, these are not money. They're, they, they are game pieces. I wish they didn't cost $800. Yeah, I wish they were just like. It's absurd that, that they even yeah. have to have that kind of like. But yeah, that Outlook. was. I had that thought over the weekends, like, man, I really just consider these game pieces and not like financial investments. Yeah. All right. Fourth place, we've got ad nauseum tendrils. Ooh, it's a fun ad nauseum list too. <laughs> I was gonna jokingly say, just like nothing new here, but uh, we've got uh, Ave, Ave, I think Ave. It's Ave. It, no one knows what to say. Yeah, the name. Uh, progenitor ooze, uh, nope. five mana two two with storm. Uh, it's a legendary ooze, but it the tokens that it makes it makes tokens yes and it makes non-legendary it makes non-legendary tokens so they don't just die um and, and it makes it makes tokens that uh, that um procedurally get bigger yes. as you make more so they enter the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each other ooze you control and what's cool is it makes the original the biggest yeah so because all the storm triggers will resolve and then the actual physical card will come in last and be the fattest ooze yeah so this is uh basically your replacement for mm. The goblin one. And did you say counters? Because they get plus one, plus one Yeah, counters. they get plus one, plus one counters. So killing one doesn't make the rest of them small. Yes. So the, like these are, this is a very powerful threat. Yeah. It does cost three green. Yes. So it's five mana with three green. So in a standard Grixis list, it can, in theory, become a little bit harder. But you're probably using your uh, Lion's Eye Diamonds to produce that three green if that's yep. your kind of game plan. Uh, and it clearly isn't always plan A. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, but I've heard Bryant Cook, who's the Storm guy. Uh, talk about he's been playing ooze. It, it was a while he was testing it, and he really liked the card because it made a lot of unwinnable board states winnable. Where for whatever reason, ad nauseum isn't going to do it. And I think what he was talking about was it's usually when you get a pretty solid read where they have a veil, mm -hmm. and you know you have to worry about a veil, or you have to worry like you're fairly confident that your tendrils will not resolve, and so you flex into an ave line, which he was sometimes wish for from the sideboard. Yeah, and instead of just killing them, he would put. 40 power on board yeah which is effectively killing which is effectively and killing assuming them. they don't just untap and kill you yep. then you're going to kill them next it's turn. not even just tall it's also wide it's like you're not yeah. you're not like putting out like a 40 40 walking ballista like i said that you say like, a, like yeah. a, a fatty yep. you're going super big creatures and a bunch of them good mm -hmm. luck well and the what it also does is presumably lowers the storm count required to yeah. kill people like you could very easily kill somebody i mean i'm not going to do the napkin math here to count up all the counters well, I mean, like, but somewhere between five and eight storm like, yeah, you could probably like a, win the game a, a storm of five you're making four other oozes and they come in at it's like beat. a six six a five five a four four a three three a two two a yeah. one one yeah that's a lot of power yeah and that's even if again, if you're in that tough spot, that may not be a one turn clock, but that's a you're gonna lose. It's like that's like the Merktide problem. You're gonna yeah. lose very quickly. Yep. And that takes those games where you had zero chance of storming off and winning to your opponent almost has zero chance of 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 uh, not dying. Correct. So that in and of itself is uh, pretty exciting. I haven't actually seen this card. Uh, it's the number one card I want added to modern, so I can play it in my modern. That would be deck. awesome. Well, I, that's that's the kind of card that absolutely should be like. I love Twiddlestorm in Modern, and this I, this would make Twiddlestorm so much better. What sets it out of? It's uh, that's but, MH Modern Horizons. That's oh, MH. you mean Pioneer? Sorry, yeah. Did I say I said Modern? You said Modern. Sorry. Okay. Pioneer. I was like, that looks like a Modern Horizons. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, guys. No. Yep, I, but yeah, you can. I mean, you could throw that in because you play Twiddlestorm and I do. And I thought uh, I modern. thought about I thought about putting that in because that's a fun. I can't. What's the gob? What's this? 
what's the storm spell that makes goblins? I can't think of the name. Oh, empty the warrens. Empty the warrens. Yeah, that that to me is much better than empty yes, the warrens. Yes, I think it's infinitely better. Even yeah. though it's a little, I think empty is four. Yeah, empty is four. Way easier to cast. This is infinitely better. Yeah. Um, I would love. Yeah, that's what it was. It was pioneer. I'd love to have Abe and pioneer so much. Please put that card in standard. Yeah. It's okay, guys. Storm is fine. I mean, I don't personally have that big of an issue with storm. What? About, how about any storm card that costs five or six is fine. That's fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I Except Mind's Desire. I like that Storm exists. I think it fills a good role in metagames. Mm-hmm. Like, it prevents decks. Now, you have to get it tweaked in because it is a very uninteractive deck. Yeah. It's very hard to interact with the Storm mechanic itself. I mean, So, like, you need to... I think Storm becomes quickly unplayable once you find formats that don't have fast or free mana. Well, th- that's what I mean. Like, you need to get it so it's dialed in a little bit mm-hmm. because it can just, like... Uh, Popper is a perfect example of this. Popper does not have the tools to deal with almost any storm decks. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't. Which is why as soon as they printed the the Squirrel Storm card, uh, Chatter Storm, it just completely took over the format. It mm-hmm. does not have the tools to deal with that kind of mechanic because the biggest thing you can do against Storm is a little bit of disruption in a very fast clock. Mm-hmm. Because if the game goes long, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's just what it is. You're going to give them five turns to crap the perfect hand. You're screwed. Yep. So like. It's a, but it's also a good check on dirtily kind of decks. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like putting an enrage timer in boss fights. Yeah. Where like it's a DPS check. Your deck needs to be able to win on by like pre- present lethal by turn six or seven, or you just don't get to play. Yeah. You're you're gonna for sure lose. Yeah. Yep. So I like having it there as a role filler in metagames. Hmm. So happy to see it do, still doing well. Haven't seen Storm do great the past. Uh, wow. Like, yeah, I mean, like it pops up in challenges every now and then, but I mean, the prevalence it, of Delver is yeah, just the disruption is very hard yeah. for it to get past. So, speaking of Delver, fifth place, we've got blue red Delver. Uh, although this is Delverless Delver, yep, we've we, got a couple Ledger Shredders, uh, DRCs, uh, Brazen Borrower and Murktide to predict in the in the in the main as well. Yep. So we basically lost our Delvers. We picked up something to predict moved. and two ledger shredders yeah, i mean two that's, ledger shredder to predict yep. that's probably that's probably what the main changes we're going to see here yeah well in, in so you make those changes in the main uh you lose a days that again it's popping in the tweaking numbers around um the uh the sideboards are what typically speaking is a little different like you'd never run court of ire in a like the traditional blue red list oh for sure yeah or but, rough rough and tumble that rough a, and uh rough and tumble no, that, you'll that, see every now and that, then that one's not that one's not crazy out of but place. yeah court of ire yeah. Um, counterbalance counterbalance is fairly uncommon in blue red because a lot of times like counterbalance just that's what you play when you want the game to go long because mm-hmm. you're trying to generate value there yeah if you're trying to kill them immediately counterbalance does nothing except for take make you do nothing on turn yeah. two takes your one of your most impo- one of your most impactful turns and wastes it yeah does it does synergize well with predict it does technically yeah <laughs> yeah there's some good synergy there it's a very good card. But again, it's not something you play in a hyper aggressive deck. Even as an as um, as a Azorius control player, I'm I'm off counterbalance. I just don't think it's good enough these days. Maybe yeah. it's a sideboard card though. Yeah, like I I I think it makes sense in the side. It's probably very good against a couple like certain decks, and probably Man. can really create some problems there. We're we don't have infinite time, and there's so many fun decks to talk about. Yeah. So because this next one's really cool. Next up, we've got Doomsday. Oh, sorry, not the next one. The one after that, then. Yeah. I, did, I skipped over Doomsday. So, Doomsday looks a little different. Uh, they yeah. got Griefs in the main, Toothos is Oracle, uh, which one or two is pretty typical there. Yeah, two's very standard. Um, I mean, obviously, always one. Two's yeah. not... You almost always see at least one in the side, and a lot of games you'll sideboard in a second Thos's Oracle. Yeah. I've actually lost that a few times where 
you know, you answer the first one and they just go untap, draw second one. Right. And it's like, oh. So uh, the grief and the unmask are something mm-hmm. we don't typically speaking see. Yep. Basically four unmask effects to clear the way to ensure the combo goes through. Yeah. That kind of stuff makes total sense to me. Yep. Yeah, like, it's not something, it's not like a, it's just a way to protect your combo. They're yep. just doing it a different way. Yep. I don't see anything huge in the side. Nope. Um Looks pretty standard there. And then next up, we have, uh, this deck got a little, generated a little buzz. I love, I play bad decks. <laughs> I play bad yep. decks, but in this Jess guy, I'll say it, probably bad deck. Yes. Um, I bad isn't quite the right word. The problem is legacy in legacy. Not really a problem, but when you're talking about this kind of stuff, this deck would crap all over the vast majority of decks. Yeah, it's just in legacy. There's also a bunch of other decks that crap all over the vast majority uh-huh. of decks. Yeah, in the history of Magic, this is an incredibly powerful deck. Yeah, it's just like, it's in a format filled with incredibly yeah. powerful decks, and it's probably a little bit weaker. So um, let's. Before let, let let's tell them what's yep. about. This is crazy. So this is a card. It came out in Neon Dynasty. Um, uh, it generated a little buzz on Reddit. Uh, the card it's built around is Containment Construct. It's a two mana two one artifact creature, colorless. Uh, whenever you discard a card, you may exile that card from your graveyard. If you do, you may play that card this turn. So you're saying that Lion's Eye Diamond is just Black Lotus, basically. Yes, this turn at least. This turn it is. Uh, then it uses another card called Riddlesmith, uh, to another two mana two one. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. So cast an artifact, draw a card, discard the card, play it from the graveyard. Yep. Uh, what well, containment? It's, it's not pre- play from the graveyard. It's yes. exiled. Yes, it's what it is. What can, can what containment construct does effectively? It's not exactly, but effectively is give all your cards madness for the turn. Yeah, for the t- entire turn. Yeah. So again, that's just kind of shorthand. It doesn't explicitly do that yep. but you discard it in essence in essence you exile it from your graveyard and until end of turn you can cast it and it's also a may which is very relevant yes, having there's the plenty option. of cards that you don't want to lose four exactly yeah um we've got karn as a planeswalker uh it's another mycosynth lattice deck um well, for a really nice sideboard wish package yes. especially when you're doing artifact synergies with riddlesmith it makes sense to run something like that correct um we've got this is one of the probably the best card in the deck one of the best cards in the deck something else oh no i just realized you could also if you exile a card with containment construct you could and the containment construct died you could get it back with karn the great creator yep and it's a super niche but like yeah if you exiled your hand let's say you had a karn you exiled your hand to containment construct and they killed it you could use your karn to go get get those cards yep sorry i just noticed that no absolutely um, now got, those the, the sweet spell suite. So uh, Breakthrough, uh, if anybody who's, who's played Dredge knows what Blake Breakthrough does, uh, it's X and one blue for sorcery. Draw four cards, then choose X cards in your hand and discard the rest. Mm-hmm. 90 to- 99 times out of 100, this is going to be one blue, draw four cards. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in Dredge where you're drawing four cards, you're going to Dredge each of the draws, and then you're just going to discard your hand yep. into the graveyard. That's how it's used in Dredge. This is going to be very similar to that. Yep. Except with containment construct. You get to cast all those cards from your graveyard. You just draw four cards and then put everything into exile and is playable. Yep. Uh chain of vapor. More than likely this is in here for abusing uh recurring artifacts. Like you can play it, sacrifice an artifact to like keep bouncing stuff into your hand. It also is decent removal in yep. a pinch. Um, but there's been there's some like shenanigans and stuff you can do with this. I mean also it lets you 
on that turn you're going off, it lets you convert all your lands into extra activations of Riddlesmith or yep. insert or you know you get extra mana out of uh, well it would be lowest pedal but like Chrome Mox or extra out of mm-hmm. Mox Opal like you can turn all of your lands into extra activations. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like you can play artifacts, cast it, return it to its hand, sacrifice a land, and like you get you get some shenanigans yeah. there. There's you can, plenty you of stuff. Get you get some do extra there. value. Yep, and also just can bounce uh, lock pieces or. Uh, what I guess like I'm thinking, I'm thinking things like deafening sounds I can't think of what that's called yeah answers yep basically just lock answers hate bears stuff hate, like that hate pieces yep um, three gamble which is again a very good card when you yeah. want to be discarding you get it no matter what yep <laughs> search your library for a card oh no I discarded that card I'll cast it from my yeah. graveyard it's um, not from your graveyard it's from exile yeah whatever it could it don't is, whatever me it could matter I know but in effect you're casting it from your graveyard in effect you're casting it from your graveyard um brain I'm, freeze now we're on Braid Freeze. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm trying to think, is there any way... Like Infinite Loop? Well, the thing I'd be looking for is like, you, yeah, the the only problem I see with this deck is there's, you have is, to have Containment Construct. Is that it runs four Containment Construct and four Riddlesmith. And, and a Bomat Courier. Yeah, the Bomat Courier is... <laughs> That's The only problem is it runs a lot of really weird choice in cards. Yeah. um, But like, the deck revolves around Containment Construct, yeah. right? So like, I was looking for a way to get get it with gamble i was seeing if there was any way to get oh, it back from your graveyard i see what you're saying so you because like that's going to be your first impulse is yep. like i want to turn one gamble for yeah the <laughs> construct and then play it turn two to wrap the spells up because i just want to say yeah. i want to like so we have a brain freeze and a grape shot brain freeze is obviously a great refuel um because you can get things like echo of aeons in your graveyard it also is a kill spell because yep. you can storm up and kill them grape shot kills them echo of aeons is the best refuel spell we have yeah um what i want to say because you brought that up uh, we've talked about how decks that are like these AB combos, and this is similar, and like Containment Priest is your A piece of your combo, you usually need at least eight. Yeah. Um, it's it's really uncommon to see a deck that is an AB stylish combo and you only have four of the of the necessary piece because you just do not draw them often enough and in multiples, which you often need for an AB combo. Because yeah. the first one gets answered. Yep. Now, obviously, this deck came in, I think, seventh place in a in a large challenge in a Delver meta, and that's huge. But this deck is something to me that just screams insane inconsistency. Because, like you said, the deck does literally nothing without Containment Construct. And without Containment Construct, these cards are terrible. Yeah, Breakthrough is an awful card. Riddlesmith is a okay card at best without Containment Construct. And that's the mark of a deck that's going to be very flash in the pan it did really good do not go home and sleeve this up and expect to do good in your challenge yeah the the i would almost kind of want to put in something like like just thinking about tweaking it before we go on just like to kind of address spells. your point um i would think you might want like if we're just brewing i would they may have already considered these running more carns and putting in containment construct in the side oh yeah so you have effectively running more it's going to make you a little bit slower yep because you have to wish for it. Or since you're already running Echo of Aeons, um, something like a Hole Breacher combo, yeah. which we've seen not eight cast, but the Echo of Aeons pseudo eight it, cast list. It might be better than your Riddlesmiths. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like something like that. It's definitely better than a Bomat Courier. <laughs> so I don't, again, we don't, we've never played this deck. We don't. Yeah. But like if I'm just like looking at it, I'm like, because I'm, I'm in the same boat as you where like consistency. The problem is the deck isn't super powerful in and of itself either uh-huh. so it's one of those things where like you almost kind of need it to be more consistent because it's 
not a guaranteed win. It's yeah. not something like show and tell Emrakul. Yep. Or like, yeah, you can do that very consistently and it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. It's also subject to disruption. Yep. But like this deck is weak to every piece of removal yes, that's, le- that's legal you, in the format. You need a 2-1 artifact to survive. Right. Which dies to literally every single thing in the format that kills things. Right. So I when, it, when you say that, um, what I think of, and it's someone you're probably thinking of, Julian. Um, it's Julian has a very popular saying where it's, and I'm going to paraphrase, but it's much more important to be powerful than consistent. Whereas if you make the most consistent deck you can, you're going to go, you're going to go three, five, or are you going to go five, three at every tournament you go to and scrub out? You never, you never, you never win. I don't think this deck has the power level to warrant the inconsistency. And that's something like, you know, when he plays elves list, he doesn't always say he doesn't play the most consistent elves list. He plays the most powerful because you need to spike a tournament. Yeah. This deck is neither consistent nor, in my opinion, powerful enough to make up for its lack of consistency. Right. So, like, that, that would be something I would be working on. Um, yeah. Now, in the side, there is a couple things. We'll get to them. Uh, but that's just something, like, since you brought it up, that I wanted to, like, mm-hmm. I think a, a whole Breacher probably wouldn't go amiss in here or more Karns and throw one of the sides. Something to make sure, like, because, like, every game you have to have Containment Construct mm-hmm. and it has to survive. Because, like, yeah. the only other option is effectively doing some sort of pseudo-storm-off with Echo of Aeons, which, is, yeah. it, which to be fair, is possible given that you have, uh, a, we haven't got to the artifacts yet, 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24 zero-mana artifacts. you yep. got Chrome Mox, Lion's Eye Diamond, Lotus Petal, Bo- Mishra's Bobble, Mox Opal, <laughs> Urza's Bobble, and then three Defense Grid. This deck needs Mystic Forge. Right. <laughs> Oh, it's inside. <laughs> yeah, I guess it should. Yeah, it should so, be. So, like, I mean, that to be fair, that is probably one of the other. There's like, there are a lot of moving parts here. Uh-huh. Um, so we don't want to just totally crap on the deck because obviously, a, it just top eight a challenge, yes. so it needs to be taken seriously. But b, you have to look at it as a whole since it's got a wishboard. Mm-hmm. Um, that Mystic Forge that that probably is kind of a plan B with like Karn, Mystic Forge, and these zero mana artifacts with Echo of Aeons. Yeah, like you could realistically generate a reasonable grape shot from that yeah um but obviously that's going to be far less consistent than something like tess or ant or something where you're doing like an actual yeah. storm deck but and what probably led to this deck being here it's way more fun to do oh for sure this deck looks like hella fun yeah um going over the side again we've got a wishboard so there's a ton of one-ups here we got tormod's crypt two more chain of vapors um Surgical Extraction, again, Chain of Vapors can amp up your storm count, mm-hmm. something we didn't really discuss when we were talking about it, but it does give you storm, because you, you cast it, you turn something meaningless to your hand, recast that thing, so like Mox Opal, so you tap the Mox Opal for a blue, cast Chain of Vapor, turn the Mox Opal to your hand, sacrifice a land, now you're getting storm count going. Mm-hmm. Um, surgical Extraction for the side, obviously know what that does, another Defense Grid, Hercules Recall, again, another Oh yeah, just bounce all card, your stuff. Keep all your stuff, again. recast it. Uh, liquid metal coating, which is very good with Karn the Great Creator, um, Malevolent Herpent to protect your combo. Yep. Uh, Monastery Mentor, Jake's basically favorite card. I, I which would it is my favorite. Probably I, do just an insane amount of work in this deck if you yep. get it to resolve. <laughs> I literally built a deck in Pioneer the other night because I want to play this card so much, and I found out it's Pioneer legal. Like yeah. I think Monastery Mentor is like my legit favorite card in Magic. Yep. I it love that card. Doesn't surprise so much. me. It's a very cool card. Uh, another Karn. Uh, Mystic Forge, like we talked about, and a Mycosynthalatus. Yep. So, like, this, the deck has game. Yeah. It's just a matter of, like, where that... It's one of those things where, like, if there were fewer combo decks that were just, like, just, just existed, yep. you'd it's, probably see more play with something like this. It's funny you say that. Like, I was just I was just thinking... So, like, I've been playing a lot more in Pioneer, 
and I've been playing a lot of like just random stuff and it's so much fun getting to play decks that are just more fun when they don't just get completely shit on by the other decks in the format. Like right. like the, my Goblins deck in Pioneer is plenty fun. It's not that great. But I don't have to worry about <laughs> days and ragavants what's fine like right. pioneer's well, a weak enough format that i don't have to worry about these bullshit cards and there's very little like which is kind of how um, uh popper is yeah unstoppable combo mm-hmm. so like if you're like say you want to play zoo mm-hmm. you have to sit down knowing show and tell reanimator and uh storm decks exist yeah. like what exactly is your yeah what's your plan to not just get completely curb stomped yeah so like and like yeah, it just the the power band mm. of Pioneer is pretty like everything that's like what we would consider playable is kind of pretty close to each other. Mm-hmm. Like you you've got some a couple decks that are like clearly the leaders of the pack. Winota was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler: what we talked about last week actually absolutely just happened. Like mono greens everywhere, red black is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So like they didn't look bad, but they're those are clearly the next two best decks in the format. At least as far as this week looks. Yes. Um. But you don't have that, and like like Legacy does have a ton of decks, and they are all capable of just ruining your day. Yeah, it's just so much harder to play fun of cards. Yep. When you have these absurdly powerful things happening, whereas in Pioneer, like there's just the absurdly powerful things happening are somebody pays three mana for a four four trample, and it's like that's I can get around. That's that. at least reasonable. I can I can deal with that. Yeah. So. Let's that's, wrap this up. Yep, that's Forget. seventh, uh, eighth place. We've got Jeskai Control. Uh, it's a pretty simple list. Yeah, it's it's a little different than what we've been seeing. Yeah, it isn't a played. standard. Men- it, is, it isn't a standard list. It's a it's a yeah. Monster Mentor mainboard. Yeah, list. it's basically there's nothing here that we haven't seen before, but it's a deviation from what. Oh yeah. The past few well, like Je- the Jeskai, past couple months. Jeskai Control has become Days Undoing, whether yeah. it be three Days Undoing or one. And then this, Hole Breachers and Narsets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is running zero. This just has a couple Narsets, a Teferi, Snapcaster and Monster and Mentor, and 29 spells. Yeah. The Savine's uh, Reclamation's cool. Yeah. It's, Especially it's, with this Snapcaster and the Monastery Mentor. Yep, that's a little bit of an interesting pickup. Yep. Um, but other than that, nothing I'm particularly surprised to see. Pyroblast, Swords, uh, Expressive Iteration, that card that got banned in Pioneer because it sees too much play. Ponder, Brainstorm, you know. Like, it's, again, why I love Mo- Monastery Mentor is it just makes just cantering through your deck or just can't casting a bunch of stuff just so much better. Yep. Uh no wandering emperor. That's about the that's yeah. probably the biggest thing. Like that's a very like they've even got one Jace in the side. Yeah, I, I um, would I would for sure put an emperor instead of that Jace. Yeah. Or but, I'd be curious mean? to know why. You know yep. what I mean? Uh Kozilek's return, we've seen it before, but it's not something you see all the time. Mm-mm. Um dress downs, blasts, meltdowns. Holy crap. Yeah, meltdowns ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Anywho yeah. <laughs> Metagame summary. Uh, other, like I said, is the biggest category, which is good news. Yeah, for um, sure. And I, I'm very happy to see where Izzet Dover is on this Sunday event. Yep. It's still top, but it's only four of the top 32. Oh, gosh, yeah. Like, so, like, if, I, if Dover was the most popular deck for the rest of a time, but it was 13% of the meta. No one would care. I'm fine with that. Dover yeah. can be the best deck. Better not at, be 15 and be yeah. Winota. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but yeah, like if, if Dover was literally the best deck forever at 12%, that's fine, guys. I'm well, and to be perfectly honest, that's probably where... True, since Innistrad. Prob- well, that's probably where you would want it. Like, just from... Like, the idea that Delver is the police of the format and should be, I think is actually true. Mm-hmm. Like, it does keep a bunch of shenanigans in check. Like, if you didn't have a good Force of Will deck, yeah. combo would just... You'd have to either ban them or it would just take over the format. Yeah. It'd just be top eight, 
just random combo decks, whichever happen to like go on a hot streak, mm-hmm. because there's just nothing that could be done against these fast combo decks. Yep, it is important. Delver plays an important role in the meta, but <laughs> it's kind of like the real police when they get out of hand, it causes problems. It can, yes, <laughs> it can become oppressive very quickly and spoil everybody's fun. Yep, so most played cards, we've heard them all before Force Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Swords, Pyroblast. Uh, top creatures, little different. Uh, Simeon Spirit Guide. There's a Red Prison and Storm decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, DRC Fury, Rabble Master, again Red Prison and Legion War Boss. Uh, top spells, Force mm-hmm. Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Swords, Pyroblast. I, I I pushed you forward a little bit. Oh, we, where were the rest of the top? Decks? Oh yeah, the top uh, meta game. Jess Guy Control. I mean, there. The funny thing is, there's not a ton. We don't normally talk about the all the little ones. Yeah. So you got fours. Delver, three is just guy control, and then a bunch of two ofs. Yeah, having having ten of your decks be unlabeled is kind of rough. Yeah, and there's like I said, that's where your uh construct deck is at. That's where this red control deck is at. Mm-hmm. So we got we've got a, like a mono blue. Yeah, that's like, probably Echo, echo Veons. Yeah. Yep. So we had a lot of decks that didn't make it into that metagame summary that would really because like without that, this metagame summary is literally like eight decks or ten decks. But there's also ten other ones that are unique. Yep. So this week looks great mm-hmm. last or uh sunday i should say this sunday looks great saturday not quite as good but overall i'd say legacy as far as this week looks fine yeah let's do a little bit of time on modern we don't have as much to do on legacy but legacy was really fun and yeah. legacy is even though we are so disappointed with legacy it is still our passion and well our passion is good legacy and that was good legacy yeah oh yeah so popping over to modern we have our sunday challenge as well We'll run, these, run, we'll run through these in a, in a recent uh, recent pace. Doom Switch brought it home with Is It Control? And so this is uh, Merc Tide and Ragavan, and with four Ledger Shredders coming in at $22 a piece. At least they've stagnated around 20 I think they almost hit 30 there for a bit. One of the guys at the card shop was like, I've got a foil pre-release one of those. <laughs> we were all like, sell it. Right. Sell that card immediately. But Ragavan, Merc Tide, and then your, <laughs> your Delver Spell Suite in Modern. So consider Bolt, Pierce, Heat, Counterspells, Iteration. Uh, nothing in here that we're really uh, not used to seeing. Ledger Shredder is the newest pickup. And I'll tell you what, man, like that card's good. I get it. Every time I see it get played, like I watch Aspiring Spike play, and he talks about it. He'll play it, and he'll, or someone will play against him. And all he'll do is rave about how good that card is. That card's so amazing. And then it won't do that much for the game. A, 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 a couple loots. It gives you a couple loots. But it doesn't like do that much. I think its biggest problem is it's just it dies to the vast majority of removal. Yeah. Which I know is oh it dies to Doomblade. Yeah. The problem is it's a card that needs to stick in order to it's a difference between, you know, uh these ETB creatures complaining. Like, it's yeah. the Baneslayer Angel Angel it, problem well, that's come up before. It's the difference between an ETB trigger and an attack trigger. Right. Like, like it needs huge. to do something. And, and you and the value you get is like yeah, you get a couple loots mm-hmm. and then it dies. I'm not saying the card's bad because the card's not bad. No. I just I see so many people fanning over it like it's. I mean, like I've heard of being asked if it's the best two drop ever printed. No, it's and not. it's like I yeah I I signed in my top five, but people like people are asking like this is the best two drop ever printed, and I vastly disagree. Oh, um, and the sideboard, uh, Jace, the, Jace and subtlety in the sideboard is kind of interesting to see. Like the subtlety in this type of deck, which is definitely a tempo style deck. But Celti is a really interesting pickup. I'm guessing that's but that's there for probably Titan, and probably also some of these. Um, it might even be in there for some of those like those infinite de- those infinite time sieve decks mm-hmm. where you really need to, you really want to catch. Uh, 
What there's that three mana artifact that basically makes it echo infinite, where whenever you have a food enter, you get all three. You get a food, a treasure, and a clue. And so there are some there are some basically there's a larger number of like combo piece creatures in the format. Yeah. In which that makes sense that subtlety starts coming into the side and being more relevant. Yep. As- Especially I'm, since Force of Negation can't hit them. It's specifically non creature spells. Subtlety's already up to like seven dollars a piece. I the funny thing is like glad it's I the bought, worst one. Yeah. I'm glad I bought mine for like two. This whole cycle is they're very good cards. Yeah. I picked up my playset for like two or three dollars a piece because we were talking about it and Matt was like, even though that card's bad, it's just waiting to be good. And I was like, you know what? Matt's right. And I went and bought him. Yeah. And I think I paid half of that already for him. So second place, the reason those subtleties came in came in clutch was Amulet Titan. And so talking to Emperor on our Discord, he did point out that like the the biggest addition to this, because these decks are very similar, all these Titan decks are pretty similar, is the Hanover Battlements. That's the um that's like the most contended spot in these decks usually. We, and we have Hanover Battlements here. Yeah. That's the one that comes in uh, when you pair it with Primetime and Amulet, it comes in and gives uh, your Titan haste. So yeah. you get that and some red land and untap, give Titan haste swing, do it again. By the time you've put four lands into play, you're probably winning the game on top of attacking. In well, the deck des- that's di- designed to do it, you're absolutely winning yeah. the game. Doesn't one of these, uh, Emperor will be listening, he'll tell me, I don't see it in here. They used to run a land that gave it double strike too, or double its power and toughness or whatever. It basically made it so it was like a one-turn kill, and mm-hmm. it's not in here. That might be the land he was talking about. I never can remember their names, unfortunately, uh, that it, that's this, this fights for. He'll Check out on Reddit. He'll have it posted. <laughs> Literally Thursday morning, as soon as the episode goes up, he'll have it posted. Uh, all right. Going on to third place, we have Elementals list, and we know it's Elementals because we've got that. Risen Reef. Risen Reef. Yep. So this is a 21-creature Yorion list, which, again, is, I think, how you should actually distinguish these. So we've got a lot more creatures than, I guess, its brother. Uh, Yorion list with the eight Planeswalkers, three Ephemerate and four Eladomri's Call, kind of the other way you can distinguish these, how much the deck dives into Ephemerate and Eladomri's Call to get value and get answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the 21 Creatures is the big one for me. So things like endur- the, the Endurance, the Solitudes, the Furies, the um, Omnaths, the Obsidian Charmaws. Um, but realistically, I'm running through cards here, but nothing that we haven't talked about the last like six weeks in a row. Yep, this deck. Um, yep, I, I saw one that I didn't recognize the name, but it's that Elemental Boar thing we've seen oh, that yep. before. Oh, uh, Yasharn. Yeah. I, Yasharn has been seeing, I think, a small pickup in play recently. And uh, probably because of Time Sieve. It shuts that time sieve down immediately because time sieve is sacrifice six artifacts, take an extra turn. Yep. Or I think it might be five. Either yeah, way. whichever. Uh, but Yasharn just shuts that off immediately. On top of other things, I don't. It, well, and uh, the biggest thing it probably hits is Yogmoth. Oh, I didn't think creature. about that at yeah. all. But yes. So yeah, that yeah sh- completely shuts off Yogmoth, which we saw in the 10K, and completely shuts off that time sieve deck, which I yeah. guess is I think seen a little less popularity. That deck like it does the reanimator thing where it gets popular and spikes and everyone's playing it, and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's a thing, and then it kind of dies back down and hides. Yep, that used to be the role of Affinity. Yep, and now there's just a better one. Pretty it's, much. it's kind of Affinity. It, you get rewarded for having to be able to make lots of artifacts. Yeah. Fourth place. So an interesting choice to run straight white hammer time. And so obviously we lose things like Spell Pierce. We lose things like Reality Chip. Uh, what other blue things did we have that we're losing? Those are the two big ones. Uh, that Lavinia, Lavinia. Lavinia. We lose Lavinia in the side. So um, this is, in my opinion, just a much more streamlined list. And so you you lose the interaction of uh, the interaction, like Spell Pierce and like Lavinia, which Lavinia is basically interaction. 
and you lose the reality chip, which is a little more reach for the late game. And then you just hone in on the strategy of Memnites, Thopters, Pure Steel Paladins, Stone Forges, and Hammers. Um, you do get to pick up a Sword of Fire and Ice mm-hmm. and a extra Cranial Plating. So usually we're seeing, we usually we would see a Cranial Plating or a Nettle Cyst. Now we're seeing both. Both. Yep. 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 Only one Spring Leaf Drum again. But so one Spring Leaf Drum and two Paradise Mantle. I thought about this. I've, I was thinking about it last week and I, I, Thought of something because we always talk about this. What was it? I have no clue why they choose this. It's over. effectively free. If you have a cigar aid, it doesn't cost anything. You don't have to pay one. Oh yeah, that's true. That's that's it's what a, I, it's a little better it comes with cigar Yeah, it's a it's better with cigar aid. It yep. comes down and the best hands have. I mean, literally the deck revolves around yeah. cigar aid mostly. So that's, that's fair. That's what it was because they functionally do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. let's move on. I we're I quickly running out of time. Man, magic is so much fun to talk about when you have good decks to talk about. Like when we when we kind of sometimes we get, sometimes behind the scenes here we have to slog through legacy because like there's four Delver decks. And, yeah, I mean like last there's, week there's three Doomsday decks and like when I, we have when we have to like talk about legacy for like 45 minutes and it's all fun. Like it's I, I get so perked up. Yeah. So Murktide Regent, another Is it deck, almost the exact same as almost the exact same as what we just saw. The biggest pickup is we've got four uh, Dragon Rage Channeler along with the Murktide, the Ragavan, and the Ledger Shredders. Some tweaks and numbers there, but nothing crazy. And then the same spells, bolts, considers, heats, almost the same spell suite. Yep. Same side. Obviously a few less because we have four more creatures. Yeah, you got subtleties and jaces in the side. Yep, but very, very similar, very similar decks. Unlicensed hearse. Unlicensed hearse is like yep. everywhere. Yes, it's it's one of those like it's it um so it won't, but like it's the it, I can see it getting banned uh, with the, as the smuggler copter of the set. Like, Smuggler Copter got banned, not because it was absurdly powerful, it just goes in everything, immediately. And, like, Unlicensed Hearse, and I mean in Pioneer, in Modern, and a little bit in Legacy, is just, it goes in everything. Yeah, if you, I hesitate to tell people, like, what they should and should not buy. I picked up two, just because I'm like, this card, Mm -hmm. unless it gets banned for some reason, which I don't think it will, because it's it's more narrow than Smuggler's Copter. Yeah. So it's not going to it create is. the same type of problems. It is, but it is going to be in probably every sideboard. It's, well, it's from here going forward. It's, I think it's on the power level that unless we see a dramatic shift in the power level of legacy or magic in general, it's on the power level that it's going to be playable for a long time. For a long time, and I don't mean like playable like, oh, I guess I'll run it. Like that's it's like good. one of the first cards you put in your sideboard where it's like, I want the good graveyard hate that kills my opponent. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, I would say. Again, I hesitate to tell people what to do. Well, as but cheap as they I've are, I've got my two. They're Get like now. Well, now they're not like they're all, they're already like five or six bucks. But yeah, they're worth picking up. In six months, you're gonna go five or six bucks was a bargain. Yeah, yeah. Once these get out of print, and then like ben, once they get a little old. Because we're probably not getting these again anytime soon. No. This, that, that's one of those that's going to be hard to reprint outside New Capena. Yeah. So uh, into, I think it was sixth place, we've got Mono Green Tron. This is similar to the Tron list we saw a few weeks ago. We do have the Thrag Tusk. We've got Golos. Uh, we've got 10 Planeswalkers, as you expect. The the Big Karn, the Little Karn, the Ugins. Um, don't see anything here that I'm surprised to see. Biggest pickup that we've seen recently is obviously Besaju. That's the best land this deck could have got. Although I'm kind of surprised to only see one, you think Besaju, uh, they'd want to pick up one or two more for because like there's so many good lock art, like there's so many good artifact lock pieces for mm-hmm. Tron. But although in fairness, as I say that, a lot of modern actually has moved towards just land destruction. Yeah. So I say that and then I correct myself immediately. Uh, anything in here that you see that looks interesting? The the most interesting thing to me is the cascading cataracts with the Golos. Yep. 
Um, that seems that's always the one-two punch, though. Anytime yeah. you see Golos, you almost always see Cascading Cataracts because duh. It's just one of those things. Like when Tron was big, obviously these cards didn't exist, but mm-hmm. like I'm glad to see that Tron is picking up stuff and like pivoting their game plan a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, it's one of those things like obviously your end game like it's hard to have a better end game than like Olamog but Golos is one of the best end games good. you can get I mean when yeah. your end game is uh, cast draw three spells cast them for free each turn yeah that's, that's solid pretty, 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 yeah that is that is in fact good and if I'm doing my math correctly so you tap five you have two left over yeah so is it it's the cataracts is just the fourth land and it gets Golos right so yeah, because you have yeah, you can have your three that makes seven. You cast Golos, you get Cataracts, and you have seven. Yeah, it works. Yeah. So, and Golos gets the Cataracts. Yes. So yeah, it works. That's Perfect. Pretty dope. Uh, sideboard. Don't see anything that I'm not expecting to see. I love catching Matt when he clicks off the page and then saying something about it again. I hear <laughs> hear him scramble to get back. <laughs> don't worry. Nothing. What in, are we talking about? Nothing in there. Oh, liquid metal coating. Cool. <laughs> so seventh place, I saw this listed as Prison Tron. Uh, I don't know why. So we have Monogreen Tron. This is Colorless Tron. And they list it as Prison Tron. There really aren't... It's Chalice of the Void. There's four Chalice of the Voids. Like, I mean, it I... does have Ensnaring Bridge, but like... Yeah, but most that's Tron... certainly not a prison deck. Plenty of... Yeah, like... Yeah, I don't consider this... Uh, I don't consider this uh, a prison deck at all. Yeah. It is, however, a good Colorless, art... a good Colorless Tron deck. So you're focusing on the Thought Not Seers, the four Mana Karns. So obviously quite a bit different than Monogreen Tron. You don't have any Eldrazi. You don't have the seven mana Karn or the Ugin. Um, you are working on your spell skites and your walking ballistas. But like, where's this deck's like immediate win coming in? Because this definitely doesn't have the top end. Like, I guess the top end of this deck is just completely hidden in the sideboard. Yeah. So like, we don't have en- and that is an interesting strategy where you don't put any of those. We'll just call them bad cards in your deck. You just have mana acceleration in your main deck you get your car out and then you go get whichever i mean this is 15 singletons 15 wish targets in your side that you're going to be using your Karn to get is it colorless uh, get... it's actually it has to be artifact so it has to, so you yeah so, so you, you don't can't... you can't get emrakul or kozilek so then why are they there why is kozilek and emrakul well, promise then in your side kozilek i can see because i mean that's just four lands effectively i mean if you have two towers mm, you yeah. just hard cast them yeah, but always in the side though. Why yeah. isn't in the main? That's why I'm like, I'm looking at these cards. Like, we have eleven creatures. We have Spellskite, Thought Not Seer, and Walking Ballista. Like, where's our? We don't have any top end in the main. Well, there's, there's got to be some shenanigans going on here. You'd think we do have. It is interesting. We have Serum Powder, which is pretty cool. Like, Serum Powder is a uh, gets you a free mulligan. Free mul- If you're willing to lose exile the cards from your hand, you get a free mulligan if it's in your hand. So you never mulligan down to six. Yeah. But, like, I, you see what I'm saying, though? Like, I don't understand oh, I know. how it's... we, like, what locks this, it is, um, what locks this game away in, in game one? Let me see here. If it play withdrawal cards, gives Oh, my card. gosh. We have, we have a one of Witchbane orb. Four mana artifact. When it enters the battlefield, destroy all curses attached to you, and you have Hexproof. That's hilarious. Hexproof's good. It is, but that's so funny. Yeah. Thundering Titan does plenty of work. I mean, yeah, but it's so like Wormcoil um, Engine and Sundering Titan, I guess. But you're looking at a seven ten and a six six. Mm-hmm. They're okay. That's your top end, though. It feels like we're. This is one of those situations where it feels like we're missing some important interaction here. Yeah. Um, there's a reason possessed portals in the deck. If player, I don't. If player would draw a card, that player skips that draw instead. At the end of each turn, each player sacrifices a permanent unless he or she discards a card from his or her hand. 
So yeah, an eight mana. Are artifact. we using that to lock down the game, and you have Mystic Forge instead to work off the top of your deck? Yeah, I don't know. This is interesting. Like, uh, I'm sure Emperor will take a look at. It. Anytime we get stumped, he always jumps in and and helps us. So I'm gonna move past this because yeah. I don't understand this list. Other than don't wrong, being a strong Tron deck where you get tons of mana quickly, you get to cast some relatively big beaters, but you've completely removed the real top end we expect to see. I'm curious if what you're beating people to death with is possessed portal. Oh, <laughs> you turn it into an eight eight, eight, eight with maybe. Karn. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Like Karn does go get something, you cast it, and then it becomes a pretty big beat stick. Yeah, because they've got two in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess the other one's Thundering Titan. But yeah, yeah, they do have some big beat sticks in there. And then the last deck for this challenge, we do have a Rakdos list, which is we haven't seen Rakdos. You, the closest to Rakdos we've seen recently was Grixis. Mm-hmm. We saw Grixis Shadow, and that really disappeared. So now we have a Rakdos mid range list. So we've got Ragavan, Dothies, uh, Kroxa. And Season Pyromancer, backed up by a single Magus of the Moon and four Lightning Skelementals. One of, I've never actually gotten to play it, but Ball Lightning for a long time was my favorite card. It's one of those, I even saw uh, Ball uh, Ball Lightning Tribal was a thing that people mm-hmm. were trying to make work. Well, and then, so Ball Lightning was my favorite card. Uh, there's been a couple different times they've tried, like since Ball Lightning was printed, that they've tried to make it work. Uh, in just slightly different forms with, like, I think Skizix was a card, if I'm right. Just they, tweaking long. the power, toughness, and CMC. Yeah. There's a couple of them. That's the then thing. there was Groundbreaker, and uh, it was a time, a color-shifted card, which was a green uh, ball lightning. Mm-hmm. And then Lightning Skelemental. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's lightning and a ball lightning. Yeah. That's this amazing. <laughs> I mean, so it's black, red, red for a 6-1 Trample Haste. When it hits a player, they discard two cards. Yeah. And, and then, then you sacrifice it at the end step. Yeah. Very Oof. cool card. Yeah. Um, and then you've got uh, your typical Rakdos spell suite. Inquisition, Fatal Pushes, Bolts, Thought Seizes, Terminates, a Culgan's Command, and three on Earth, which is pretty Great with good. Lightning Skelemental. Pretty good with Lightning <laughs> Skelemental. Uh, one Unlicensed Hearse in the main, because why not? The lands you kind of, the, the land you expect to see in a Rakdos list. And then in the sideboard, I don't see anything that uh, grabs my eye. Two Hidetsugo Consumes All is kind of interesting. It is also interesting to see that as a strict non-bow with your three unearths mm-hmm. because it exiles all graveyards, but obviously you bring that in when it's worth it. Yep. All right, so there's our top eight. Uh, metagame summary, we've got Elementals, 15.5%. Whew, better ban that deck, I guess. At right. five. It's broken the Winota. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Blue-red control. I, it, they st- I, We always say that. They didn't give any numbers in that ban. Yeah, we just say fifteen because it's right around fifteen. Well, that's where it was sitting, fish, but like, and apparently that's the yeah they didn't, but they didn't say anything. Yeah, uh, blue red control. So those is it decks running around nine and a half percent. Hammer time nine and a half percent. Crashing footfalls nine and a half percent. And then we got a bunch of twos like death shadow, blink, affinity, burn. Affinity did put two decks in the top eight. So Ethan, uh, one of the guys I play with at the Sage Shop where we do Pioneer. He's super excited to crack into your uh, Affinity deck. I got him to, we're heading up to play at head-to-head games in a few weeks. We're going to go play a Modern 1K, which, so, like, three-ish months ago, Ethan, I don't think, had ever played a 60-card form. No, he had. Maybe he had. I think he's played, like, sealed style stuff mm-hmm. so they do stuff where like they'll buy packs and every week you get to add a couple packs to your deck yeah but, like i don't think he's ever played like modern or legacy or standard or anything and so we threw him into pioneer he's been kicking ass and i was like hey you want to go play modern just to kind of see a tournament and he was like sure do so we're gonna go uh we're gonna go scrub out three two at a uh, head-to-head games in a few weeks but he's excited to tinker with your pioneer deck or your uh your modern affinity, affinity. List. yep 
Most played cards, Lightning Bolt, Unholy Heat, Ragavan, Teferi Time Raveler, and Fury. Top creatures, Ragavan, Fury, Omnath, Solitude, Endurance. And top spells, Lightning Bolt, Unholy Heat, Teferi, Expressive Iteration, and Mishra's Bobble. And uh, I think I just thought of this. So we have some fans at the Pioneer Shop that listen to our show. Dude, nothing is weirder than having your own show referenced to you. <laughs> <laughs> having random people, and not random, I know them, but like yeah. just to have them referencing our show. Because I'm always like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, blah, blah. Like, oh my God, we did say that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you heard it from us. So that was pretty cool. Uh, random piece of trivia. Seven of the top ten cards of most played cards are red. Never thought I would say that. Like, I'm sure that's not uncommon, but it was just something I, I was just scrolling through them. Red, cool. red, red, white and blue, red, red and blue, colorless, red and green, white, four color. That's cool. Yeah. So red is... Red's strong. Very good. Alrighty. So like I said, we're wrapping things up a little quickly today. We don't even have a third topic anyway. Yeah, about the only thing that happened was a big secret layer drop. Yeah, and I didn't see anything in there worth buying in my the opinion. The Mystic Remora looks good, but I'll just pick it up as a single. I don't even think... It, I, I, in my opinion, it doesn't look as good as the old border. Yeah. I don't it, think the art the looks art, better than the old border. <laughs> I was going to say, the old border looks great. The art is. Ugh. I love the old art. It's like really? an old sucker fish. Yeah, I, I. It's exactly what Miss. It, like I, I, I guess like, I don't miss her more. It is, but like they have a sucker fish where it like it just latches on mm-hmm. and coasts. Yeah, that's, that's what those fish are. They the reason they have that flat spot is they suck on like the bottom of sharks or whales, yeah. so they don't have to swim. Mm-hmm. And like all I'm doing is just I'm putting a little bit in and I'm coasting off of your guys's work. Yeah, it's that's fine. People don't like. It. I like the old art, Ice Age art. Yeah, uh, that, well, I'm glad art. for you then because well the problem is though. You, we were the only reason I bring this up is uh, we were we were talking about it how it needs a reprint and yep. it does and then I was like I sent it to Jake I was like hey here's your Mystic Remora yeah. reprint that's a secret layer it's like well that's not going to meaningfully yeah that's not the, the financial reprint I wanted but like you'll never get a reprint of the one you want then nope they they don't have a if I remember correctly back in the day the artists still owned the artwork. Oh, so they literally can't. Which is why they, well, they can, but they have to license them again. Yeah, they won't they And won't there's no chance they'll Wizards just going to do. In case of point, they'll just get new art. Yeah, they just, so that's why you don't see a lot of uh, the old art that people love mm-hmm. get reprinted because the artists retain the licensing rights. Gotcha. So anywho, that was about the only thing. That check out that secret layer, see if there's yeah. anything cool on it. Yeah, for sure, take a look at it. But I, I went through it, didn't look like there was anything interesting to me. Again, I'm not exactly pro secret layer anyways. Yeah, it's gotta um, be it's gotta be a solid like twelve out of ten for me to want to buy it. Yeah. So I might pick up the Mystic Remora, but I probably won't. I've got a couple of them. So I don't really need like a third or a fourth just because the art's different. Mm-hmm. What Ristic Study needs a reprint. I would like to have. I sold my yeah. Ristic Study. I need to get rid of mine. I have. Yeah. I have a couple extra ones. I need to get rid of them because they. At double some masters. point, it is going to get a reprint, yeah. and it's going to plummet in value. Yep. But anywho, that's about yep. it for me. Let's go ahead and wrap our episode up today. Uh, I do want to give another shout out to we got Emperor, Rogue, Derek, Joe, and Eric. Those are our patrons. We super appreciate everything they do for us. Um, from the monetary support to the validation that we're not terrible at this, we appreciate every bit of it. And we're going to hop into our Patreon-only episode here soon. So if you guys want to hit some more sweet, sweet Patreon content, hop on that, subscribe at the $5 tier, and you guys can come listen to us ramble for an extra, usually 30 to 40 minutes a week. Yep, that's typically speaking where we cover Pioneer. Yep. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Will and Aramis. So again, once again, Monday and Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard at twitch.tv forward slash planesuckerspodcast or discord.planesuckerspodcast.com. Anything you need, standard, commander, or come check us out. We still have a channel in there that we talk to everybody. Matt, is there anything I'm forgetting? Not that I know of. All right.
right, then I think we will see you guys next week. All right. Have a nice night, guys. So uh, since I already have my Goblin War Chief out, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pay uh, one mana for my Goblin Pile Driver, and then I'm going to pay two mana for my Goblin Legion boss. Or I got, sorry, my, uh, yeah. And then uh, I'll attack with everything, uh, make a token. The Pile Driver is going to be a, a, a 13-2. Uh, I will pay one discard a card and lightning exit. This attack just got much worse. <laughs> Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken Matt chatting meta games or slinging some spells. Casting ale, sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time. They're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies where the brainstorms are so fearsome, so scary, so legendary. Queer ranger scrounge the sylvan libraries for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle Exhale, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus, shepherd danced on dinosaurs, stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, doused in serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the Cantrip Cartel.